Thanks. Um, <laughs> I've got a haircut especially for today because I don't usually stand it too much. Now, what I'm about to share with you and bring to you is, is a prophecy that I had a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I, I just really felt it for the church, but I thought it's too long for me to put it you know, in a little prophecy while we worship and stuff. Now, a prophecy is just a gift that the Holy Spirit gives. Um, if you're baptized by the Holy Spirit, you're a Christian. There's gifts, different gifts that people get. So prophecy is one of them, where God speaks to us for the people. Um, now, what I'm sharing is going to be more applicable for those of you who are Christians. So if you've given your life to Jesus 100%, you live for him, you've just stopped going living your own life and just follow Jesus you know, fully, this is going to be very rewarding for you. And for those of you who are, who are not Christians, it will still be relevant and you'll see why as we go on. <clears throat> and I'll summarise it for you. Now, just set, set some foundations. As people, we are made in the image of God. Okay? What I'm trying to say is basically, I want to encourage you to be who you are and who God has made you to be, whether you're a Christian or not. Okay? In Genesis, the book, a book in the Bible, chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now, as Christians, we bear that image of God. Now, I'm ask yourself, well, what does that mean? What, what does it mean I've got an image of God? Now, <clears throat> I'll tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that you are identical to God, okay? What it does mean is that you are similar, okay? Similar in terms of some of the characteristics that God has, we've got, okay? One of them being the moral aspect where we know the difference between right and wrong, okay? We can tell the difference. We've got a spiritual aspect where God's given us a spiritual life where we can relate to him. We've also got a, a mental aspect where <clears throat> God's given us the ability to think um, logically and to just reason with people and with each other. Now there's one aspect I really want to pinpoint today and that's the relational aspect. Now we've got different relationships in our lives. We've got brothers, sisters, parents, kids, uncles, aunts, <coughs> husbands, wives. Now <coughs> what I want to do is just kind of talk a bit about your relationship if you're part of this church and you're a Christian, your relationship with each other as a church and as a family. Why? Because I believe and we've been born again so that God, what God intended for us comes through in us. Okay, so God's promised us things that I want to make sure that you know what they are so they can come through. <clears throat> the New Testament pictures the Christian life as one of striving to imitate Jesus Christ in our lives. Okay, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Colossians 3 verse 13 as Christ has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. 1 John 3.16 He laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Now I could go on, there's so many other things, like Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 13 verse 2, Ephesians 5 verse 2. There's so much more in there about being Christ-like. <clears throat> now these are brilliant verses, these are good foundations if you are a Christian or you just become a Christian. Even if you're not a Christian, it's good to know these things because that's what you're going to come into when you do become a Christian, okay? But what I want to focus on is that doing all, in through doing, imitating Jesus, living, living like Jesus did, um, I want to point out that you don't lose who you are as a person and as an individual, because that can happen so easily. Yeah, you've, it's great you're focusing on God, but the truth is, the more you focus and the more you become like Jesus, the more you come through as a person and the more comfortable you get being who you are around other people, okay? Now, this doesn't mean, through this imitation, doesn't mean 
what was that? It, it does mean that we become like Christ, but it doesn't mean we become Christ. Okay? Jesus is Jesus, and we are us. Okay? Now we become like him, but we're different. Just as the Holy, the, the Trinity is, and I'll explain a bit more about that later. Now, I just want to ask you a question. You, you, you might be thinking, well, when I become a Christian, how do I stay as an individual and follow Jesus? Let's look over the Bible. Let me just actually read you a little um, paragraph from a book called The Wild at Heart. Some of you may know it, some of you might not. It's um, by a guy called John Eldridge. This is what it says. <clears throat> Dave runs into Bob in the church lobby, Bob without wearing the happy faces, though neither is happy at all. Hey, Bob, how are you? Bob is actually furious at his wife and ready to leave her, but, but he says, great, that's great, Dave. The Lord is good. Dave, on the other hand, hasn't believed in the goodness of God ever since his daughter was killed. Yep, God is good all the time. I'm just so glad to be here praising the Lord. Me too. Well, I'll be praying for you, and I'll be praying for you too. Go, go, take care. Now, I have to admit, I've had that conversation with people, but I'm just not honest with the words that I'm using. <clears throat> you know, I just fake it. And what that tends to lead to, I'm not saying every time you speak to somebody, you should tell them everything that's going on. Obviously, there's a time and a place for that, and there's certain people you speak to. But what that can lead to is that you separate who you are in church and who you are outside of church, which is very dangerous, because if you're, if you're someone in church who's praying out, <clears throat> who's singing, who's dancing, who's loving people, who's encouraging people, and when you go to work, everyone hates you. You just think, oh, I don't like that. He always moans. You're so demanding. Now, I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to have a go at you, but I just think I've been really challenged personally in merging the two, okay? Who I am at church and at home and who I am at work, okay? One of those examples is my terminology. So when I'm at church, someone says something, I was like, praise God, that's so good to hear. Before, when I was at work, I was like, oh, that's brilliant, well done. I just leave God out of it. I was like, why do I do that? What, what am I ashamed of? What am I scared of? So even when I tell stories, answer prayers, I just think I prayed for that. And then God answered it. Yeah? So I'm just not, I'm, I'm coming through myself. So what I'm telling you is I'm speaking to myself as well. So it's not just you. Now, <clears throat> I just want to give you a little challenge um, on this, basically. I want you to, if you're a Christian, I want you to think about and look at the Bible about what the criteria is of what a Christian should be. Okay? Now, that's a challenge for you. I'm not going to answer that for you. There could be t totally different things. You're different people. You can do it your ways. I just want to challenge you to think about that. Really think about that. And think about how can I apply this for myself and as a person who's a part of a church. Okay? Um, like I said before, one example to follow is the Holy Trinity. Okay? You've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Very mysterious. And theologians have tried to explain it, but there's no actual explanation in one paragraph just so complete which is so amazing about God because it's so mysterious now just as they are one they're very similar in character but they, they yet they still remain individual persons okay <clears throat> the truth like I said before the more you become like Jesus the more you strive to imitate him the more you come through as a person and the more you just you're honest with people and people see the real side of you instead of someone I've never met now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm not going to read it, from verse 4 to 27, it talks about how we are part of a church, but we each have different parts to play, different roles to play. 
Now, I just want to encourage you to really look, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and just read it and just think about and be encouraged how you can be yourself and how you can be, because what it is, end of the day, God wants you, okay? Now, another thing I want to address is if you're a non-believer here, here, you might have this fear of when I become a Christian, I just, I've got to change who I am. I've got to be extra nice. I've got to be extra friendly. The truth is, you do become more friendly. You do become much nicer, but that's not it. Yeah? God has made you individually. God's made you how you are. There's nothing to be ashamed of, okay? There, yeah, there are things that you might need to stop doing when you become a Christian, but as an individual, as a character, God wants who you are. Instead of you, when you become a Christian, you have to be someone else. It's totally opposite. Opposite to that. It's just not true at all. Now, if, let me just go back. So if you're a Christian, um, I want to give you another challenge. I want this week for you to go back to your work, your university, and I want you to encourage someone who's not a Christian. Okay? I want you to go up to them and say, listen, I really like your jumper. Where did you get it? You know, I just, oh, you've got lovely shoes. You've got nice hair today. Um, <coughs> yeah, I'm waiting. Now, just seriously encourage someone or just love someone or serve someone like it says here in, um, in 1 John it says he laid down his life for us so we should lay down our life for our brother serve someone help someone to move house if they need to move house okay get involved go out there and just encourage someone outside of church now do it inside of church I'm not saying don't do it but mix the two up it's beautiful let me just end with a verse Matthew 10 Matthew chapter 10 verse 29 uh, 39 it says, whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it.